All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you back to another high-ranking episode <laughs> of V8 Radio. High-ranking. Fantastic. That's right. And uh, I say that because we made the list of popular automotive podcasts on iTunes. Well, you did, uh, my esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark. I'm Kevin Oste, and uh, diving right in there, pal, to, uh, to one of the topics of the day. Uh, on our meteoric rise to mediocrity. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> we have huge news in the sense that, uh, yeah, congratulations there, my friend. Uh, Likewise. And what he's referring to is uh, this, this very program, V8 Radio, has now been, uh, we've been carried and distributed on iTunes for quite a while, but... When you go through the iTunes menu and you click on the automotive genre of podcasts, we are now on the page of the uh, popular automotive podcasts. Right on. It's incredible. I feel like Steve Martin and the jerk. The phone books finally came. <laughs> I'm somebody. <laughs> That's right. So uh, now, now, you know, now we're, we're gunning for Adam Carolla. That's you right. Know, we just got to jump you. over about 385 more different shows. <laughs> in Coming for you, Car Talk. <laughs> That's right. Step aside there. Click and clack. That's right. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> That's right. Clunk. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's pretty cool, though. That is. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, our listener must be repeating the shows right he has it on loop <laughs> and i've learned that we have a couple more listeners uh, uh my wife kelly actually listens to this show that is amazing it is you'd think she'd you know hear enough out of me she probably only <laughs> listens for you well you know hey what can i tell you baby i got the golden pipes as most people do i bet yeah, yeah. <laughs> i keep catching her you know she'll be working on something and and she'll be straight. I'll, I'll hear you on the phone, you know, Is that right? streaming through the phone. I'm like, what's going on over there? Hey, who are you, like, you talking to over there? Are you listening to those lunkheads? <laughs> and uh, she digs the show. So shout out to Kelly. How about that? Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Right on. So typically on the show, we, uh, we try to talk about automotive kind of related stuff. And uh, today we, we jumped right into it. But normally we start off with a trivia contest, a little question mm-hmm. uh, about some automotive trivia. Do you have anything prepared this, uh, this yeah. episode? Absolutely, I do, sir. I do have a a a, a high-ranking question. Yes, he says vindictively. Right. <laughs> no, this is going to be a, a nice softball like last month, or last episode, rather. All right. So, well, uh, well, what do you got? I'm ready. All right, my man. In 1962, our friends at GM launched two cars that were turbocharged. What were they? Uh, 1962, GM launched not one, but two, two. turbocharged cars. Mm-hmm. One was the Oldsmobile mm-hmm. Starfire. Mm-hmm. The other, is my guess on the one, uh, the other, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. was, a, was a Buick. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's looking at me like... Trying to be stoic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a Buick. And it wasn't the old Starfire. I correct myself. It was the old Jetfire. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, at least that's what I think that's what they called the turbo. Uh, a friend of mine has two of those. 
Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, he works, uh, it's Gary uh, Turnow, who works at Mother's, Mother's Wax. Really? Yes, and he uh, has a couple of those Oldsmobile really? Jetfire cars. Uh, and it's pretty cool because they've got a, an alcohol bottle that goes with them. And, oh, really? Yeah, and you fill the alcohol bottle. You'd, you'd go to your Oldsmobile dealership, and it wasn't like, you know, filling it with whiskey or anything. Uh, <laughs> right, It was right, right. methanol, basically. Uh-huh. And um, that would allow you to actually use the turbo and put uh-huh. your foot down and kill detonation. I gotcha. That's pretty cool. Factory methanol injection. That's right. So if you drove this thing around and, and you know, floored it, eight times the uh mm-hmm. the little quart bottle of methanol would be gone and then you'd have to just <laughs> baby this car around uh, in fear of detonating it and grenading mm-hmm. the motor oh brother so I th- i'm pretty sure buick did the other turbo car uh, unless mm-hmm. was it a corvair mm-hmm. oh was I it i think it might have been a corvair so that's my final answer so, old Jetfire and Corvair. Yeah, but and I... And that's our final answer. That is. I'm, I'm sketchy on the Corvair, but anyway, that's my oh. guess. Okay. Well, I am notating that. All right, all right. Well, right I, I, I got one that's... Uh, I don't know what it is, but I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a right. question you're going to get wrong, Mike. That's <clears throat> what it is. Well, I don't know. In uh, 1956... Our friends at General Motors, again, uh, were really, they've been busy, apparently. Yeah. And they came out with a headlight that has a designation on the lens where it says T3 on the lens. And they used them for quite a while, from 56 yeah. up, up to, I think, 73. And mm-hmm. many of these T3 lights are sought after, not only because they were correct on cars mm-hmm. uh, of the day, but a lot of them still work. And in fact, my 70 Buick Riviera has all four original T3 headlights and they all still work. Wow. Yes. So my question to you is, what does the T3 mean? T3 mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> the second you said our friends at GM came out with the T3 designator, I'm like, he's going to want to know what T3 means. Son of a biscuit. <sighs> All right. Uh, it's, it sure T- is trivial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> T for trivial. Um. Let's see here. I am going to say that the T means tungsten. High-ranking show here, folks. Yes, high-ranking answers, too, here. Mm -hmm. Um, T is tungsten three because, god dang it, Kevin, why do you do this to me? I, I don't know. It's isn't that what a trivia <laughs> question is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't we do this every time? <laughs> Wasn't this your idea? T three. I I didn't think you needed or you had enough disappointment in your life. So yeah, I, I don't. Figured. I don't. I, I look to you. I look to you to really bring that out in me. Yeah. Uh, um. Shoot. Um, That's, and I'll give you, it is tough, not only because it could be one of those things, 
that you either know it or you don't, like the yeah. uh, like the Fratzog trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> yeah. the Fratzog. All right. Or is there a mathematical component to this? Why the number three? Because headlight well, systems were two lights or four deduce. lights, so what's the right. deal there? Right. I mean, you had high beams or low beams. I mean, it wasn't like, uh... oh, gosh. Tucker, um, Tucker had three, and that starts yeah. with a T. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't, but see, that's not a GM see, this product. Is what, this, listen, was... everybody, in case you haven't figured it out yet, this is what Kevin does. He, 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 he tries to pretend like he's being the nice guy and he's leading you down the right path, but he's actually leading you right into the thorn bushes. <laughs> well, like, come, come this way, my friend. I have, I have, all things will be answered. Oh, look, a cliff. There you go. I'm merely trying to make conversation. Right. Otherwise, we'd have several that. minutes of, uh, hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm filling. Yeah, I apologize for that. So my mind is active, and I think T three. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Tucker had three mm-hmm. headlights. I'm not suggesting it's relevant. Like yeah. this entire program. <laughs> All right. Um, third generation tungsten headlight. That's that's it. That's the T is tungsten three third generation. All right. Cool. So God you're dang uh, it. <clears throat> going with the WD-40 logic there. That, yeah, uh, sure. Exactly, exactly. WD-40, of course, being named after a water, water displacement, displacement formula yeah, try number 40. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, that works for me. Sure. Right, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some kind of logic in there somewhere, somehow. Tungsten. Third generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right on. Well, there you go. He's not really writing my answer down, folks. He's just writing ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I could screenshot this and prove you wrong. Right. <laughs> because I would forget. We'd get to the end. And I'd be like, what the gotcha. heck did he say? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, what else we got going on today, my man? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's springtime yep. coming. We're uh, mm-hmm. recording this beginning of March already. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in, in my world, I was in the garage all day with the door open and the sun shining and just, uh, nice. uh, you know, everybody's anxious to, to get the cars on the road and, and getting out and doing stuff. And, and I'm one of them. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. We just sent home a, uh, a 77 Trans Am project we were working on yesterday, which was pretty cool. That white one, right? Yeah, white with a red gut and a red bird oh. on it. That's pretty. It was interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it is basically a uh, a Saturday Night Fever disco suit you can drive around. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> which is what it should. Which is what a '77 Trans Am should be. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, disco incarnate. It was so. It's so much of a polar opposite of the the previous white Trans Am. You know, like the '70 with the blue stripe. Right. Or a '69 right. with the two blue stripes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only thing that's similar is the white. You know, the whole persona is totally different mm-hmm. on that car. Completely. Uh, but totally still agree. super cool. So that one was a um, originally a Pontiac 400 car. And oh, yeah? uh, the customer had purchased that car for her twin 16-year-old sons. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be their first car. Get out of town. Yeah, and uh, and what happens? But uh, mom blew it up. <laughs> oh, right on, mom. <laughs> so <clears throat> she put a, uh, and I think we shared that picture on Facebook of a 
uh, Pontiac block with a with a hole through the block and the pan. Oof! It was completely grenaded, and uh, so this. <laughs> and I don't I don't think it was the original engine of the car to start with because seventy seven right? was a long time ago, and this thing has mm-hmm. one hundred and thirty or so on it, <laughs> and. Uh, we, you know, she's calling around, didn't have a whole lot of money to put in this. This wasn't like a, uh, you know, a lifetime heirloom restoration project. This was, we got to get my kid's car back on the road here. I got gotcha. you. So we were in the process of doing a uh, a brand L swap uh, engine on another Trans Am, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, yeah. was a factory right. Olds 403 car, a 79. Oh, okay. Okay. And we had this old 403 laying around with nothing to do with it, so we took the entire 403 mechanism, the fan shroud, radiator, uh, engine, exhaust manifolds, right. threw it in the 77. Oh, cool. Uh, and they were able to re that, that engine lives on now. And, nice. You know, someday if they want to, they could return it to a 400 and make it correct again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no fixing their block. Right. Uh, so, oh, yeah. I mean, and, I, and you wouldn't even want to. I mean, it's not a rare block, and it, you know, it's not like a right, like like something that was only three of them ever made that you'd want to spend that kind of time and effort. Right, it wasn't a cast iron Ram Air Four or something. Right, right. So, uh, interestingly, we um, there's some trivia there. The the shaker locations are different on the Olds cars versus the Pontiac cars. No kidding. Yeah, so we had to kind of modify the base of the. Uh, the air intake uh, air cleaner assembly because um, uh, we measured the two hoods, 77 to 79 Pontiac results, and the scoop location was different. I'll be darned. I did not know huh. that. Yeah, there's a trivia I did question. not know that either. Yeah. So we got it running, and uh, I drove it to the customer's <clears throat> home last night, and uh, it was nice, torquey, smooth, probably a 325 gear or so. Nice. Uh, um, you know, and, and those things, we, you know, we took a smog motor out and put a smog motor in it, uh, mm-hmm. but, it but it had an okay tune-up on it, and it, it, it had uh, a set of Cooper Cobra tires that were just old enough, you know, to be hard enough to spin at will, <laughs> <laughs> and they still squealed and made noise and smoked. So, sweet, sweet. So our 16-year-old, uh, you know, customer's sons took him for a ride, and... and um, one of them appears to be like really into cars. The other one, I think, is just into this particular car. And oh, okay. uh, the one guy that drove it drove it like a grandma. And I, I have a feeling the minute I left and his mom was gone, that all changed. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, probably. Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but yeah. Was... I don't. You don't hear the of a, a four hundred three going back into one of those too often. No, and the and the four hundred three, unfortunately, is. You know, it's kind of the redheaded stepchild of those cars. It is. I guess Pontiac quit making the 400 in, what, 76? No, and, and, 70, 78. But I think they, I think all the 77 and 8 cars are carryovers, right? The, the, the manufacturing was done? Oh, that, that I, I don't know. I, know. I know that my formula was a 400 car. It was a 77 formula and had a Pontiac 400 in it. And I know that 78 Trans Ams had, you could get 400s in those. I think you can get them in 79, too. But it was my understanding that they, they quit making them and, oh, and just used on-the-shelf stock. And, and huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, hmm. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% on that. I don't, I don't know. And that's kind of say one over the other. That's kind of how the Oldsmobile engine got used in those. <clears throat> you know, there was I see. the 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 GM umbrella, you know, parent corporation basically said, "Well, we're going to we're going to still make these GM or these Oldsmobile motors, but we're mm-hmm. phasing out the Pontiac, so they just kind of switched them over." And then I think it was also the all the four-speed cars were Pontiacs. There was not an Oldsmobile powered manual. Oh. That could be true, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a good trivia question. Shoot, there's three or four of them in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none, all gone now. <laughs> yeah, well, none of them start with T and end with three, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. But T3. it was kind of neat to see a couple of sixteen-year-olds all wound up about that car. That is that is cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I like hearing about that. And granted, it, you know, the, that Trans Am, like you're saying, it's got its own persona. And if you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, it's a highly glorified car, but it's a great way to get into these things. It wasn't super mm-hmm. expensive being mm-hmm. an off year. Um, right. And uh, I asked the one guy, I said, so, you know, what do you know about this car? I, I popped the hood and gave him a tour and he knew about the distributor and he knew about the steering pump. and He knew, you know, check the oil, the dipsticks and everything, you know, because mm-hmm. I kind of take it for granted today. You don't even... You don't do any of that on a car anymore. Right. You know, the yeah. transmissions are sealed. You know, you're supposed to check the oil, but who does? <laughs> right. right. And, and they have sensors for if you're starting to get a little bit low on oil. You'll get an indicator saying you're low on oil. Right. So that's when you'll know that you need to check it. And then the so oil change it, it, light indicator exactly. comes on and the whole thing. But he uh, he said that he, he learns most of his stuff off YouTube. Okay. And I said, you got to watch those guys on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah uh and the other one is he mentioned a video game that you actually i guess you kind of spin some wrenches and i don't really? I, I forgot the name of the game of course because because uh, i did mm-hmm. um but you know i i know like on a lot of the racing games you can get credits and apply the credits to get performance parts but right. in this case it actually sounded like there was an educational aspect of it, so I thought oh. that was pretty cool. I gotta, I, I, I can dig that. That's good. Figure out what the heck that was. Hmm. But, uh, so anyway, we invited him to, uh, to come down to the shop. We'll teach him how to weld. You know, we'll let him, you know, work on the oh. car or whatever. And uh, I want to come down and learn how to weld. <laughs> hey, anytime, man. <laughs> Boom. Anytime. Yeah, it's one of my great failings as, as a as a as a car guy. I've never learned to weld. Uh, well, uh, MIG welding uh, to do a to do a functional weld is not hard. Uh, uh-huh. the, the hardest part is getting the welder, to be honest, you know, and, okay. and making sure you got electricity, you know. Because right. A lot of companies sell one ten MIG welders or the uh, the flux core wire welders that don't require uh-huh. a gas bottle, and I, I kind of okay. tell people that those are are to me more of a source of frustration than satisfaction. Okay. Uh, because a 110 flux core wired is really challenging, even if you're a good welder, to mm. get something you're going to be happy with. Hmm. Um, and, and there's a whole other side aspect of that, too, because you see on like social media, guys are posting pictures of their, their stack of dime, you know, welding yeah. and beautiful TIG welding with the rainbow and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, it doesn't have to be that pretty to work. 
Sure. You know, you can have a structurally yeah. sound well that's not porous and has good mm-hmm. heat penetration that doesn't look like that stack of dimes. So some of that is more of a, you know, kind of a showy thing. Hey, look at me. Look what I can do. Kind right. Of thing, huh? Yeah. And, and I, uh-huh. I've met people that can, that can lay down that, that beautiful appearing weld and can't build anything. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well... Yeah, That's and the, the other thing I thought was interesting is when, just on a weird philosophical tangent, but when did that become the standard of what a good-looking weld is? You know, because you're fusing two pieces of metal together. Wouldn't you want it to look like they were one piece to start with? Yeah, I, I guess you would. I, I think it has something to do with the, the, the symmetrical nature of, a, of how a stack of dimes looks and how neat it looks. I think that's what would look attractive to somebody and say, ooh, that's a great-looking weld. Yeah, well, so. I mean, it obviously is an indicator that somebody cares and took time mm-hmm. and, and tried to make it look nice. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, I recommend a, a 220 welder with a gas bottle. Okay. Um, but once you have that, you can, you can make stuff stick together pretty easily. Uh, the mm-hmm. stack of dimes thing comes with practice and, and right. the trickier aspects of welding upside down, under a car, aiming up. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and doing double pass stuff, or the other challenging part is dissimilar thicknesses. You're welding thick uh, metal to thin. Sure. Uh, uh, sheet metal welding is, is tricky also. You just back everything off, you know, the, the heat range, so you don't burn through. A thin mm-hmm. piece to a thicker piece, that, that, that can be trickier. Um, you got to get the heat in the one and not the other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the nice, satisfying thing is if you have a decent welder with, you know, good electricity, you could be welding like right now. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So next right. time you're at the shop, we're gonna put a <laughs> put a gun in your hand and point you at some All right. steel. Done. I'm ready, man. All oh. right, let's end this show. I gotta hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly loves What was to, your uh, trivia question answer? <clears throat> that's right. Well, Kelly loves to teach people to weld and she likes to weld all the time. She doesn't get a chance to do it that much anymore. because uh, she's that right? running the shop. But uh mm-hmm. Her dad will come over with uh, with farm projects, you know, and, and she'll jump cool. on that and burn that stuff together. So, yeah, it's cool. Welding is great. It's very satisfying. It's sure. t- to me, it was a uh, it was a game changer when you can take two things and stick them together and they don't come apart. You know, now yeah. you're making something. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, right on. And of course, uh, we we've recently expanded the uh, the capabilities and and added another. Um, resistance spot welder for putting body shells together and you know frame rails and all that stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this one 8,000 amps of holy snikes yeah yeah and and I think um, I don't remember the clamp rating but there's a, a clamp pressure number that goes along with it of PSI okay. so uh now, and we've had several resistance spot welders in the past. This one just happens to be an evolution to being a little bit bigger and badder. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, 70 Mach 1 we're building in the shop ended up requiring floors, trunk floor, firewall. Oof. I mean, just about everything on this car. And Oof. when you have a tool like this, it turns out to be a lot faster and more cost effective to replace things one giant panel at a time and pinch weld them all together. Right. Uh, the way the factory did, because, you know, they built Mustang shells in minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, using yeah. the same technique. 
Uh, ours is not taking minutes, but it's not uh, right. using a wire feed welder where you would normally do a, uh, uh, a, a plug weld technique, drill a hole, right. overlap the panels, fill the hole back up with weld. Sure. Now you're just zap, 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 zap. Sure, sure, sure. That's all oh, that is. That's a big time saver. Yeah. And then it looks correct when it's done. Um, if you're going mm-hmm. with a, a restoration on a car, um, cause it, it does that accurate dimple and the pinch and all that stuff it's supposed to have. So, uh, the metal shop is very busy in our, our building. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that, which, which is great. It's great. Yeah. Lots going on back there. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. you guys have that Pullmax machine too, that you're, that you use to make panels as well, right? Yeah, the Pullmax is a, a an Austrian metal forming tool. It's basically a an electric hammer that you interchange the dies and they mm. pound against each other to create a uh, create a, a profile a, in yeah, something. Yeah, right, a shape yeah. in in the steel. And we use that thing all the time for stuff that we never would have even thought. Um, for sure. example, someday if you ever have to replace the trunk floor on your GTO. Uh-huh. Uh, the aftermarket trunk floor has a, an inaccurate shelf in the back where it okay. meets the tail panel. So in order to, most people just kind of bend the floor upwards to meet the tail panel and weld it up and it's done. Uh, uh-huh. But in reality, it's supposed to have a step in it. Okay. And that step does, doesn't, it just doesn't exist in the aftermarket panel for whatever reason. Huh. And um, so we use the Pullmax to put that step in the panel. Uh, we were able to, uh, the Pullmax has a, a guide with a wheel on it. So you put the guide in place and then you can run a long piece of material through it. And it has a uniform space from the wheel to the tool itself, you know, kind of like a, you know, like a table saw is a good analogy. You got the little guide, you know, and you run it through the blade. Well, we could do that to put this little step back in the panel. And next thing you know, it looks like it never happened. You know, it looks like original original piece. That's nice, man. it's cool when you have the right tool, a good tool to really uh, get a good quality result. So yeah, and a lot of times, that's you nice. know, some of these tools like the Pullmax, people just think that they're for custom work. You know, for making, you know, they, uh, they they're famous for doing rounded things like uh, you know motorcycle gas tanks and punching louvers and you know mm-hmm. making trim and things that never existed. But like I said, it, it, our team is very practical, and and they're looking at this and they're saying. Well, we can we can make that, you know. Now that mm-hmm. we've got that technology, so it is cool. Good deal. Good deal. All right, what else we got going on here, man? Um, well, right now as we speak, the uh, the Detroit Autorama is in full swing. That's right. We're got the, about to have a Riddler Award winner here, right? Yeah, you know, it's like the uh, the most prestigious indoor or outdoor car show award anywhere. Um, if you listen to this show, you're probably well aware of what the heck the Riddler Award is, uh-huh. named after Don Riddler. Uh, but the uh, this year, uh, unfortunately, I'm not super familiar with all the cars. Huh. Uh, you got your you got your entire show, and then you've got the Grade Eight, which are chosen to be the final contenders, right. and then you got the Riddler. So I'm I'm curious. There's from what I can tell, um, I know there's a '57 Chevy that is just they're all kind of you know they're all over the top. But there's a uh, a panel, a sedan delivery from the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Lincoln, a 56 Lincoln, a very cool car. There's a uh, uh, a Ford T pickup truck. Uh, and there's two Camaros in it, which is interesting oh. to me that we're seeing 
uh, you know, muscle car yeah. era entries yeah. into the Riddler because typically it's all big fendered. There's also like a 40 Ford uh, in there too, a Tudor. But, you know, typically they're, they're either they're hot rods or they're more big fendered cars. Uh, and this year we've got, a, I think, a 67 Camaro, uh, a gold one, and then a black 69 Camaro that was built at Detroit Speed. Oh, yeah, so Sweet. Detroit Speed, you know, known for for being on the racetrack all weekend, uh, stepping into the the ultra high end show car arena. So, all right, all right, you guys, we'll make sure to have the uh, the winner on our page for this episode. Um, we have a friend of ours named Joe who we hire every year to take pictures up there at Detroit because oftentimes I can't make it up there. Right. And uh, he, he emailed me last night saying he had over a thousand photographs. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, oh, gee whiz. Yeah. I don't know if we're all gonna, right, Joe. I don't know if we're going to post them all. He did say he broke the camera. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. He wore the shutter out on that one or something. I but. guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the memory card melted. Right, right, right. <laughs> So that's cool. So it's always neat to see that stuff because it, you know, it's pushing the envelope of creativity and and new ways to do stuff. Um, I think that I read somewhere that 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 Detroit Speed Camaro was a thirteen year project. Get out of here! Yeah, and not that they worked on it straight for thirteen years. The the story right. that I heard was that the owner of the car brought it to him and said, "Hey, let's build something over the top." And during the process, he kind of got antsy and he said, "Well." This is turning out to be a lot more of a, a high-end show car than I was originally anticipating. So let's build another one that can be like <laughs> a weekend street and track car. So they built right. them the second one and then got back to the first one and finished it off. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Oh, and there's also a Pontiac I forgot too. Leggins Hot Rods built a, uh, I think it's a 39 where they, uh, they created a sphere where the gauges are inside a sphere and the, the needles stay stationary, but the numbers rotate around. And, and Is that right? Yeah, and you know that, that Pontiac styling cue where they've got that stainless ribbed trim that starts in the middle of the grill yes. and goes up over the hood? And yeah. This one has that over the hood and over the roof, but the roof section is actually glass and light comes oh, through wow. it. Oh, yeah. wow. It's neat. That is neat. Yeah, I'm looking at some, I just brought up a site it has these uh, the grade eight on here, yeah. That Pontiac's a uh, a thirty six, white, white thirty six Pontiac sedan. Looks nice. Yeah, I, I see that stain. That's trim going over the top and all that. That looks. Oh, it's over the I top. Think your, I think that's your winner right there, Cap. What can I tell you? Well, it starts with a P, I guess. So that's your, yeah. that's your deal. <laughs> well, and uh, you know, so last time we talked, you got the uh, the motor parts home for your GTO. Yes, sir. Uh, how's that process going? Um, I haven't done anything with it as of yet. I'm still, um, I still have to, um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, you're stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> In more ways than Verbally <laughs> as well as <laughs> creatively. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, um. I have to get bearings. I still, I haven't, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't, I haven't ordered any any parts yet uh, for it. Um, but my big sticking point is uh, the heads I'm going to use. Um, mm-hmm. 
because uh, the the heads I have are the, the are the six seventy heads, which were standard on the sixty seven GTO, and with those heads, I'll have a, a ten point three to one compression ratio, and I'm. I think we, I think we, we, we probably talked about. We, this we did. We touched on that, so we were concerned yeah. it's going to be a little too high a compression. A little for, too high for for pump gas, for and pump gas. and and I'm I'm moving to the camp where that is going to be too high, and I want to lower it down. So I'm, you know, going to get some six X heads, and that it's that um, you're turning me on to, and um, yeah, I think those. Uh, the heads that survived that grenaded Trans Am motor might end up your way, yeah. so that's cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. So just have to get those gone through and looked at and 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 uh, and made to work. So that should put my depending on what six X head they are versus if they're the six X dash four or the six X dash eight will dictate what combustion chamber volume it is and mm-hmm. what compression ratio I end up having. So well, I know it ran. Uh, you know, because yeah. when she drove well, it, yeah, yeah right, 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 right. She ran hard enough to blow the bottom of the block out. <laughs> so they, they, they made some kind of power, you know. So that's, yeah. That's good. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, I just. But I did see that you were uh, detailing some parts and getting mm-hmm. accessories painted and all that jazz. Yep. Yeah, I got the pulleys painted. I got to bring the, all the rest of the stuff over to my buddies, and we're going to have it uh, blasted and uh, painted and just get all of that ready for 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 installing so right on so we just got to get kind of where we are on that got to get you these heads so that it's the balls in my court now yeah come on man you're holding me up now Uh, now you're the guy (laughs) (laughs) well i know this project's been progressing so rapidly right i'm ready to move yeah now he's mr impatient (laughs) right yeah because two years wasn't enough right yeah that was was all fine and good apparently Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> right on well that's good well we'll get right on those when you come down yeah. for your welding lesson you know you could t- yeah. take the heads back See? yeah i'll come back a little heavy we'll be all good the whole plan's coming together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very cool very cool yeah yeah so yeah i'm excited about that and i still hope to be have be driving this when the weather is nice this year okay so yeah clock's ticking the clock is ticking it's mm-hmm. springtime now. Yeah. Power tour's coming up. <laughs> yeah, here we go again, folks. <laughs> uh, I don't want to ride shotgun in my in my buddy Robert's Galaxy this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they need to get you some kind of an award or something when you're uh when you're on this trip this year because Right. It's been a, right. And you're not the only guy that's been a long time coming. A lot of mm-hmm. people spend a lot of time preparing for that that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that organization's going through some changes too, so it'll be interesting to see see what's up. Yeah, so the last time I checked, it was uh, uh, the the parent company was Ten, the Enthusiast Network that owned right. Hot Rod and all that stuff. Uh, not anymore. Uh-oh, uh oh, really? Well, yeah, and they made an announcement at SEMA that that they kind of partnered with Discovery, uh-huh. the Discovery Channel, te- Discovery Communications. Attended? Yeah. To, okay. To um, basically uh advance the the uh video projects roadkill and and mm-hmm. uh, they've got uh, dirt every that motor day, trend on demand and motor all that trend right on demand, yeah, yeah and, and, a, and a whole bunch of different uh shows so at the time it was like well well what happened did 10 by discovery or did discovery by 10 and it, it was kind of 
sold or portrayed to people that it was kind of a merger of some sort, you know, a mutual mm. thing. And just the other day, I was looking for uh, some power tour information, and I went to the 10 site, and there's no mention of Hot Rod anywhere. Oh, boy. Yes, and none of the car magazines, as a matter of fact. It's only some motorcycling stuff and, and outdoor and sport things. So huh. uh, the HotRod.com website's still out there and, and you know the Hot Rod Network thing, but I, I don't know if it was completely absorbed by by discovery in that respect or what i gotta maybe call somebody over there and find out yeah you need to call your buddy freiberger and figure this out yeah i could call dave um unfortunately our friend alana share who was the editor of the roadkill magazine um oh. was let go because oh. the roadkill magazine was terminated so oh man yeah and and that was an interesting product because roadkill is successful because it is video Right. And I don't right. know how well it translated across into print. Um, and print, there are certain things that aren't doing well these days. And, you know, in a lot right. of ways, print is still one of them. So, mm. anyway, it'll be interesting to see how the events fared and who owns the event and, and all that jazz at this point. Um, don't worry, I'm pretty sure there will be a power tour for you to take your car on at some point. <laughs> but maybe that's a little more motivation, you know, you know. Power yeah, tour. Maybe could be the last one. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I say that in jest because that, that yeah. event is far too big to uh to ever go away. Too big to fail. Well, and, and I don't think it would <laughs> fail. I just think it would it would you know, at some point they might say we're not really sure how to manage this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's a Yeah, that's the, the great debate of is power tour all about hot rides or is it about muscle cars or is it about people taking a brand new Mustang or a, you know, a new, uh, a new Camaro and, and something they didn't necessarily build or wrench on, which is the opposite of what you're doing. Right. And is that okay? You know, uh-huh. there's a lot well, of people that, that, yeah. that, that don't think it's cool yeah, you have the built not bought camp who, you know, they don't like your your brand new Hemi Challenger with day 2 mods cuz they feel it's not authentic, which which is stupid. I I, I don't want to call anybody stupid. I don't want to call anybody stupid, but or, or or no mods. But I mean, but your 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 69 Camaro that you built was once bought. Mm-hmm. It came off the showroom floor at one point. That's it good, was bought. It's a good point. So it's not like you, you know, went to the foundry and and you know pour the <laughs> body shell and you know and pour, cast your engine and all that. Yeah, it's it's all bought at, at one point. So can't can't we just all get along? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and and I can understand it, it had a different charm when it was when it was far more of a rolling hot rod show and not a rolling new car show. Uh-huh. Uh, but what people got to remember is that from day, basically from the, the second year or so. So my first one was in 1996 and in 96, uh, hot rod teamed up with, with Plymouth to unveil the prowler to the public. Oh, and uh, Hot Rod's publisher, Jim Savis, drove that car on Power Tour, the, one of the kind of the early mm-hmm. prototypes of the Plymouth Prowler. Now, yes, that was a new car, but yes, it was also something that was supposed to look like a hot rod. Um, mm-hmm. So it was 
kind of a, a hybrid of the two. Uh, but then just a couple short years later, 98 or so, 99, um, they kind of did the same thing with the PT Cruiser. And oh, I, really? I don't know if you remember that whole deal. Uh, I remember but, the PT Cruiser. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember the car. Uh, yeah. And it's funny how few of those you see on the road today. Isn't it, Because they were Isn't everywhere it? for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the PT Cruiser was supposed to be this retro-looking... Uh, you know, like 40s right. sedan Panel delivery. delivery. Yeah. And and, uh, and they said, well, you know, here's a great marketing opportunity to get these things on the road. Let's put them on the power tour. So the, the management at Hot Rod waived all the registration fees for the anybody who brought a PT Cruiser. And next thing you know, there's 25 of these things going down the road. And uh, I was at one point in a, uh, a black 57 Chevy built by a friend of ours, named Otto, who lives in New Mexico. And, and this is a quintessential 57. It's flamed, Rochester fuel injection on a 283. Uh, wow. And then he had custom interior with a C3 Corvette independent suspension. I mean, all kinds of hot rod in this car. Yeah. And he's going on the road PT Cruisers, and, and he went off the deep end. He's like, that is not a hot rod. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, and it's not. It no, isn't. No. Not by, not by anyone's definition would that be considered a hot rod. No, you could put wood paneling on them. And <laughs> you could put chrome Until there's a on. blower sticking through the hood and big, you know, 14-inch wide back tires, it's not a hot rod. Right, yeah. So they kind of opened the door to that stuff. And, and I, I'm certainly not saying a new Mustang is, you know, even remotely close to a PT Cruiser. But, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the magazine and it was uh, how to modify your new car and your old car. So it oh. always catered to both. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the market's there, so mm-hmm. I guess you got to go where your market is, where your market's moving to, so I, I can't blame them. Right, but, but on the other side, uh, there's a couple of other publications that are out there um, that are a little lesser known. Of course, Rotter's Journal uh, mm-hmm. is a tremendous magazine, and it's, uh, it's celebrating an anniversary this year. Uh, it's been around for a long, long time. Uh, I, should, I should know the anniversary number. Uh, maybe I'll look that up. A Rotter's Journal is a, it's a perfect bound magazine, so it's got a, a rigid spine, and it's all color, oh, nice. and it's uh, uh, kind of the Bible of SoCal hot rotting. Um, oh, cool. And they're doing really well, which is great. Good. Uh, nice coffee Good. table book. Another one is, um, uh, it's called Speed Revolutions, and it started off as Rotting Revolutions, and I think they just mm-hmm. kind of went through a name change. And that is a project headed up by uh, Randy Lorenzen, who's a photographer from, you know, very famous photographer in the hot rod world. We had talked about him in the past because uh, he shot that Cadzilla poster that I was yeah, really about. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He's been around to suffer a long, long time. And finally went into the publishing business for himself. And, and uh, I think his son's involved with him, Sean. And they, they create this beautiful magazine. And you can jump online um, and do a, an online page turner. And it's really cool if you have a tablet, you know, because you can hold it like a magazine and flip through. And it's a neat concept because they've got these tremendously well shot features. Uh, and then in the middle of the feature, you can touch on a part and a video pops up and you can learn about it as well. So it's cool. like a magazine and video content at the same time. And nice. I recommend everybody check that one out. It's awesome. And then cool, another cool, new one cool. just came out, and it's called Wheel Hub Magazine. 
And WheelHub, again, is uh, headed up by Robert McGaffin, who is another photographer who has been shooting for magazines. You've seen his work a million times before. And this one is uh, another coffee table type, oversized, all color, mm. heavy stock, a lot of pages, super high-end cars. Uh, the, the first issue that came out had uh, cars from Rad Rides by Troy and the Roadster Shop and, and uh, I believe BBT Fabrication and uh, Ring Brothers. Um, so it's, you know, top, top shelf stuff mm-hmm. and, and lots and lots of pages about each car, a lot of detail and, and it's cool, you know. So just when you think everything is online and five second sound bites and, and short attention span theater, here we're seeing right. some publications that have some depth and are delivering some information that uh, are really worth checking out. So that, that's pretty exciting. Good deal. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean by that. Um, the guy I, I knew when uh, during my, uh, my Volkswagen days, um, he was in our club, the Chicago Volkswagen Organization. He uh, started a magazine, a print magazine, because he, he still believes in print, in print journalism. Uh, he started a magazine called um, Alloy and Grit, and it's mm. about um, uh, the North American Land Rover mm. uh, uh, vehicle. And they do, you know, it's premium, high-quality pages and, you know, good stories and high-quality photography and, and, and all that. And that just goes along to your point about, you know, print media not being dead. It's just it's going through a change, but it's still, there's a market there still for it. Oh, totally. Um, and mm. I think it's interesting our friends over at Hemmings Publications, uh, in fact, <laughs> coincidentally, uh, mm-hmm. we are fortunate enough to be getting a little more coverage in this time in Hemmings Motor News, uh, which is nice. going to be, uh, yeah, uh, the guys at Hemmings Motor News contacted us and they did a restoration profile on the Dodge Murata that we restored. Get out of yes, town, yeah. man. Yeah, and it was Look cool. Look at you. Get right. a good play off of that car. Well, and, and that car, we've talked about it before. It's a different car. It's not mainstream. And that's right. exactly why they wanted to feature it, because it's not Dig it. something you see every day. And this is the first time one of our cars will appear in Hemmings Motor News. So this is the big book. It's not Hemmings Muscle Machines. Right. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to have been featured in Muscle Machines several times in the past, but... When it comes to motor news, this is the a first time for us. So uh, those magazines are doing well, um, Muscle Machines and Motor mm. News. And the, the Motor News, to me, is interesting because the vast majority of that magazine is classified ads. And, right. And people looking for cars and parts and stuff. And you would think, man, you know, why wouldn't you just jump online mm-hmm. and find all that stuff? But there are so many people that that's where they go. They go right to that yeah. book. Uh, and they're familiar with it and they know, you know, some of those people have been running ads in that book for, you know, 40 years. Wow. They get the same ad, you know, and, and over and over the same list of parts, you know, and it's, you know, huh. whatever Dave's Murata parts or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and they, they don't exist online anywhere. These are, these are sellers. Oh, I gotcha. That are print only also. And hmm. when we were restoring that car, we contacted the whole page of, people that deal in that family of Mopar in that era and got to know every one of them, <laughs> you know, because parts nice. for that car don't exist. So yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of cool. So that's still a very valuable resource, you know, for people that mm-hmm. are restoring cars. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I hope it continues to be, I mean, I, there's something cool about just 
you know, you, you you walk outside of a store and maybe you see uh, like a local car classified magazine, like uh, I God, I can't remember. Like an auto trader kind of thing. Yeah, like an auto trader type of thing, and you grab it, and you just you can leaf through it and look at something cool, like oh man, that's a cool car. I, I used to have that, and it's just a, you know, something that we used to do as kids or as younger people, and that you can still do it now, and it's so simple and so easy to do, and doesn't require subscription. It's just it's provided there for you, and it's, it's just it's kind of cool to be able to ha- still be able to do that. Doesn't require an internet connection fading in and right. out. Well, exactly. and, and I was uh, <laughs> r- reminded of that myself, and we had talked about this in the past also, but Cartoons Magazine. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the, back. It, yeah. it Not only is it back, but finally it is actually appearing on the newsstand at my local Walmart. Yeah. So what's cool is that uh, in the magazine distribution world, Walmart is a very tough avenue to carry a magazine because, as you know, anything about Walmart is all about high efficiency and a lot mm-hmm. of sales. And, and if a product isn't cutting it on the shelf, they, they get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and magazines, there were ridiculous numbers before. Like you had to sell, uh, in the magazine world, it's called a sell-through number. It's how many copies actually okay. sell. And the way that works is a distributor makes a deal with the retailer, and they'll provide a certain number of copies. And if they, uh, if they provide 10 copies and only three of them sell, they take the other seven, they rip the covers off and send them the covers back to the manufacturer, they used to anyway, and they would say, here's how many we, you know, we didn't sell, and you uh-huh. buy that space accordingly. So a typical uh, good sell-through magazine in the car business was, you know, 30%, 40, oh, wow. 40% was good. Walmart wanted like 70 and 80. They wanted to sell everything that, you know, that went Jeez. through. And for a magazine like Cartoons, which is a super niche, it's a comic book about cars. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, to see that on the shelf over there was like, wow, somebody made a great deal with, mm-hmm. with Walmart. And I bought a copy off the, off the newsstand. And that magazine comes out every other month. And it always has. Whenever it was on the newsstand, it was always every other month. And I remember, to your point, being a kid, you know, it's like, so you know the January issue, then it would skip February, and then March, and then it would skip April mm-hmm. and May, and then skip June and July. And I remember being in like April, going, "Oh man, I gotta wait till July." Yeah, <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> and, and and checking that newsstand at my local grocery store the way people check Facebook now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're a newsstand junkie. I was. I had to, you know, every time I went to the store, and my dad smoked cigarettes and and would go to the store you know he wouldn't buy a a skid load of smokes at a time because i honestly Mm. think the action of going to a store was kind of a social thing that he liked doing so Uh, he he would go to the store and buy his three packs of smokes and you know i got you grab some beer or whatever and i was always bam i'm going with dad you know because i I, why why you know he, he probably wanted to get away from me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i'd have to go check out that newsstand to see if the new cartoons mm-hmm. was out and uh you know that kind of faded for me as i got into high school because i was reading actual car magazines you know technical right. magazines but now it's back mm-hmm. so it was neat kelly and i are walking through the walmart and i'm like hey check it out she's like you're nuts <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be in the agriculture section i'll meet you later <laughs> right yeah exactly so that was cool very nice. Very nice. So go buy that one too. Go buy all those. They're all good. They are all good. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to uh, try and look and see where Cartoons is selling near me. It's got to be somewhere close. 
Yeah, you can go to their website. The Chicagoland area. And they yeah. uh, they got a zip code thing where you can find a retailer. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny. Look, reading reading real automotive magazines, remember the uh, in every one they'd have that PAW, and they're always having a sale, always having a sale. That's it. <laughs> it was yeah. like three pages long. Like, oh, my God, I can get a whole rotating assembly for $300. This is great. That's right. Get a Blue Racer cam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Wolverine. I, th- I saw those brands they had. And, mm-hmm. and that place is still doing, they're still out there. They're still selling Are they cars. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Performance Auto Wholesale. There was one that went away that uh, used to advertise in CarCraft. I, I bought a mail-order engine kit for my first 70 Riv. Really? For, from Wayne's mail-order engine parts in oh Southern gosh. California. Because they were like eight bucks cheaper than <laughs> if I would have bought it locally. You know, but when really scraping every dime as a college kid, it mattered. Oh, yeah. And uh, sure. big box shows up, you know, the master. I, I didn't get the master kit. It wasn't a crankshaft kit, but it was, you know, everything yeah. else. Remember? Yeah. You get the a re-rib I remember kit that. Or uh, a standard rebuild kit or the master. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, a, ra- a street cam or a race cam. Yeah, a full three race quarter cam. race cam. Yeah, yeah. I want the three quarter race cam. Yeah, I asked the guy once. Does that mean it's only got six cylinders with a cam in it? <laughs> it ain't long. Enough. Get out of here, kid. Yeah, right. And that's uh, funny. It's cool to to grab because I, I still have a whole stack of car magazines going way back. But if you open something up from the '90s, you know, and there's not a single web address, and you know, no. not a single email address, and it's weird, you know, to, yeah. to see that it. I, you know, you and I think it wasn't that long ago, but it was it was twenty five yeah. years, twenty ago, something yeah. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. it doesn't seem that long. No, my goodness, twenty mm-hmm. some odd years ago. Yeah, you, know, you have the the order form and a, a telephone number and an and an address to send your check in. Right. Well, they used to have you know far more people on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and today, yeah, that's true. You know, people people don't call each other anymore either. You know, so right. Yeah, they'll text. You'll text someone. Can I call you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, with the advent of dictation, texting became a little bit better for me because it's hard to type on a little phone. And then, right. luckily, my uh, my laptop, I can text straight from it, so I can use the whole keyboard, which That's is cool. cool. Um, but just last week, I you know was talking with a guy about building a '67 uh, Camaro. I guess the, mm-hmm. the car's finished, but he wants to do a, a mini tub and he wants to do fuel injection and stuff. And that whole thing was through text. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Technology, man. Yeah. It's crazy. And then I, I, he finally called me at the end and it's like, we had nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get all that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, if you have any problems uh, reading it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I came across, uh, somebody gave me a box of some some magazines, including, you know, you, you tipped your hand earlier. You, you probably actually have this one. I'm gonna hold this up. All right. Hot VWs. Oh, I I used to read that one. Oh, is that a? <laughs> The Scirocco on there, yeah, huh? Yeah, like a, like a Mark, what was this, a Mark 1? Yeah, Mark 1 Scirocco, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. September 1980. Nice, nice. Yeah. Holy um, cow. Yeah, well, when you come down for your welding lesson, I'll send you home with some, some hot Dig VWs, man. Dig it, uh, Yeah, but, gosh, that was just barely starting their water-cooled years. I think, 
was it 70, 77, 78? Yeah. They started water cooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they had to move past the uh, the VW, the, the bug. Yeah, the, the, the bug wasn't passing uh, uh, emissions anymore. They couldn't run hot enough. Yeah, there you so, go. Yeah. So, I think that it, was 79. It stopped, they stopped producing the bug in America. Yeah, right. So Something if there's like a that. trivia question on VW stuff next time, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm putting that out there. Now. Maybe I'm going to I gotta save and start reading these hot VW you magazines. And I, you and I wouldn't do that, do you? <laughs> uh, here's a nice oh, diagram man. of why all the Beetle suspensions look like they're collapsing in the back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man. But go, somebody <laughs> gave me this box of stuff and it had, you know, like some really old uh car crafts, you know, like mm. little, little ones and you know, back when it was called Honk in the fifties, you know. Yeah. And, and and they also were into these VW magazines. And was oh, uh, that right? Uh, yeah, I put them on the shelf and I was kind of waiting to get some time to go through them. And uh there's a special kind of well, my garage is kind of a shrine to old junk anyway and mm. i got a box of license plates and i'm trying to figure out a cool way to do something with these license plates uh because i had a revelation once i don't know if we talked about this before because my memory shot today but um a lot of people you probably have old license plates from the you know yeah a couple yeah not too many my my dad saved them all and really yeah and i later learned kind of why he did he was a police officer and he has this, he had this thing with identity theft long before that was a thing. Hmm. So for example, he'd get a letter in the mail, a bill or something, and he would have to shred it before throwing it out because it had his address and his name on it. Oh and boy. He, and he was afraid that somebody was going to pin something on him somehow, you know? And wow. I, always, I always thought he was crazy, you know, cause he right. had all these papers and stuff. And, and, and I'll never forget. I had a, a, a windshield out of a car that I was, I was painting my buddy's 86 Mustang in my dad's garage. And I took the windshield out to paint the car and I broke the glass and it had a, mm. had a city sticker on it. And I'm like, Oh man. And I, I take the glass out and I set it aside and I call the glass company to get another windshield. And he comes running in with a scraper and he's scraping the, the sticker off and not to reuse it because it was destroyed. The sticker got cracked right through the, right through when the glass broke. But I said, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's traceable. You know, you can't leave, oh. that, n- <laughs> you oh, can't leave that number out there. I'm like, well, what's going to happen? You know, the, the, the windshield <laughs> cops are going to come or something. <laughs> but I think he saved all his license plates so that they couldn't get reused on a car that was going to go rob a bank or something. Oh, boy. Right? And, and just the other night, I was talking to Kelly's family friend, and, and she was saying that, and I, I have a hard time believing this story, but I understand the mentality. She was saying that back behind a farm, there used to be this ditch where everybody dumped steel and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. on farms, a lot of times you just dump sure. your junk in a ditch. And she right. said that they, uh, uh, you know, 50 years ago, somebody knocked, a policeman knocked on the door saying that their car was involved in an accident. And she's like, the car's right here. And they, mm-hmm. they traced the license plate. And somebody had found old license plates in the ditch and put them on their car. Oh. And they were driving around with them. And not necessarily to go commit crimes, but just to get out of buying, buying their own. Right. Right. And and today, 
you know, so I'm trying to put this together because today you've got a sticker you can put on the license plate. Yeah. In the old days, you get a new plate every year. Yeah, right, right. It had the year on the plate. And they were a different color. So, yeah. Uh, mm. So that story doesn't really make sense to me. But nevertheless, I have this box of old license plates. In fact, I have the license plates that were on the car when I was born that I came wow. home from the hospital in. You're kidding. No. I'll be darned. My dad had a, uh, a 70 Chevy Biscayne police car, decommissioned police car. It was uh-huh. green with a white top. Right on. And, and it had a, a small block 400 in it. It was a Biscayne uh-huh. four-door. Sure. And I still have those license plates. And I could never really bring myself to throw them away. Um, yeah. Not, you know, for any of the craziness that my dad had. But today, it, it that little story, it dawned on me that, okay, so I have a license plate from a car that we had when I was in high school. All the fun and stupid and crazy stuff we did, that mm-hmm. plate was there. Yeah. Right? The, that plate could talk. That's it. The car's <laughs> long gone, but, but mm-hmm. that license plate was there. And as is the license plates I have when my parents were dating before they got married. Get yeah. out of So here. I got wow. plates from 1960, basically, up to now. Hmm. And a lot of them are, you know, well, these are all just from my family, you know, and, and uh, front and backs, you know, match sets. And some are, right. when my dad had two cars, it was sequential numbers, you know, one ended in 44, next one in 45 or whatever. Hmm. So I'm trying to think of a cool way to display these things. And, you know, you go to all these restaurants where they've got, you know, the pieces of flair on the wall and they're all hanging mm-hmm. up and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's all right, but it doesn't tell the story. So... I'm trying right. to figure out a way to make kind of a frame that's got a picture of the car. Oh yeah. And then the plate and next the plate to it. in there, yeah. You know, and it we have some some photos of this stuff, not all of it. Um it would be really sweet though to have a little story of, you know, each one of those that's things. That's pretty so, cool. That's a great idea. That's kind of what I'm working on now. And and recently I had a uh our family took a lot of slide photos, as yours probably did too. And mm. back in the 60s and 70s, uh, my dad was big into photography. In fact, he was the photographer for the police department. He was the evidence oh. photographer for a while. And my whole, uh, uh, you know, kind of the universe revolves around this 62 Ford Galaxy that we have. Well, the car that we have today was purchased in the 90s, but my dad had one new back in 62. Right. and. I recently obtained from Amazon a little digital slide scanner where you can cool. It doesn't require a computer or anything. You pop the slide and push the button and it scans it in a, uh, on an SD card and then you can transfer them to the computer and it, they're decent. You know, it's not like a, a professional service, but it was less than a hundred bucks and you know, you can mm-hmm. do, you know, whatever. So I found four never before seen slides of the original 62 galaxy that my dad bought. get out of here yeah yeah oh that's killer it was neat and he, he had bought that car in uh in june of 62 and promptly went to in in chicago and him and his brother and his his brother's pregnant wife <clears throat> went to seattle for the seattle world's fair in 1962 oh boy so you can imagine the three of these people in a you know what they call a box top 62 Ford Galaxy hardtop uh, with no AC driving across the country in, in uh, July, I think, end of oh June. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, white car, red interior from Chicago to Seattle, you know, and back. And they went through California and everything. 
and these slides were in boxes and and the the deal was back in the day you'd go take pictures have them done up as 35 millimeter slides and then you'd have to break out a projector and put up a screen Mm -hmm. and you know have it was at somebody's birthday party or something yeah it's an event it was and you put them all in a carousel and and one by one and it was a pain in the ass you know (laughs) (laughs) so most of these slides they got looked at once, you know, because uh-huh. you're bored all of your friends and family, and then you put them in a box. Sure. And my dad had a little viewer that you could take a slide and pop it in and look at it. It had a light bulb, and it was a mini screen thing. Yeah. So I'm betting that these Galaxy slides that I just found from that trip to Seattle may have been shown once on a screen hmm. or twice and then put away. So wow. uh, I got those scans. Should be pristine. They're nice. The color shifted quite a bit. They're kind of... Red, um, uh-huh. but I'm in the process of of doing the whole build and history thread on our 62 Galaxy, and it mm. starts with those pictures. Nice man. And my aunt Jean is uh, is still around who was on that trip, and huh. I sent her some of these pictures, and I said, "Do you remember these?" And she's like, "Oh, do I ever? I was pregnant. And it was hot, you know." So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to stir up any. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> animosity here i'm just kind of figuring <laughs> what was the car like <laughs> right <laughs> but the other that's weird, pretty cool man it is cool so maybe I, I can you know scan one of those and and put that in the the problem is the one picture i have you can see the license plate and i don't have that plate <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah i have God, a, dang it i have an illinois 62 plate I, I don't know what the heck it's from but it's not that car so, It'd be cool if you could uh, do a search and figure out what what plate what car it belonged to. I don't know if those records even exist anymore. I though. don't know. And and uh, I had thought about trying to find that car. And you know, one episode we talked about finding the my old man's motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say you found your old man's motorcycle where it, before it was finally yeah. gone. You could find out where this plate belonged. The car, unfortunately, he sold it in '64. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. long. Yeah, long that's gone. long gone. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing with a VIN. I got lucky to find the VIN of, of the motorcycle. Right. You know, so I, I, there's nothing on that thing. Um, I'm a member of a few Galaxy organizations, and you know, there's a lot of guys that have white, red gut 62 mm-hmm. XLs out there that you know you wonder, maybe this is it. I don't know. Who knows? You, you know what, dude? You, I, I know what you mean. I've always wondered, I wish to God I had a, a VIN of my old man's 65 GTO that he bought brand new. I would love to know what the fate of that car has been. Yeah, yeah. And I saw one, it was a, it's a blue charcoal 65 GTO, and I saw one at a show, and it was a four-bill car, just like my dad's was. And typically, everyone puts tri-power on them. And I'm thinking, man, what if that was the car? What How year cool would that sell, be? What year did he sell that one? He sold it, I uh, I think, in '67 after my brother was born. Yeah, I think that's the that's the problem is it's it, it's too long ago. Yeah, exactly. And I I never had the the there's only one picture that exists of it, and. And half the front end is cut off. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Well, that's how these these Galaxy slides are, too. They're, yeah. It's the back of the car or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me thinks that, you know, if it was like in the 80s, you might be able to petition the state and get like a driving history or renewals or something mm-hmm. that might have a VIN. But back in the 60s, I, don't, I just don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know it was stolen. 
I think at least once, but it was recovered in Cleveland. Um, was there a police blotter? I don't know. Stolen cars. I don't know that they showed up in police blotters, but you might check yeah. the, the microfilm of those newspapers is online. Yeah, but I don't know what, I mean, that would that'd be a lot of digging, but... Um, well, there you go. Yeah, That's that... what it takes, man. I went through it. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Years yeah. I spent looking for that damn motorcycle. Jeez. And I missed it by that much. Oh, you, oh I know. that. I, I think about that from time to time, too. It yeah. breaks my heart that you missed it by, it was so close. Well, he meant for me not to have that thing, and he, he won. Yeah, he won. <laughs> 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 he certainly did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well all right. So the suspense is killing me here. The two turbocharged cars from 1962. Big year. The 62. Show. You said uh, the uh, Olds Jetfire. And that is correct. Mm. And I wish you would have stuck with your Buick answer because then I could have said, nah, 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 boo boo, you're wrong. But you're right. It was the oh, Chevy Corvair. How about that? Right on. <laughs> nice. The Corvair Monza Spider. It was the Monza. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm, I didn't want to get mm-hmm. too far into it because I didn't want to be like really wrong. You know. You're right. Uh, yeah, and you, those are uh, those are wild cars. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, your guess was uh, on the what? What does T three mean? And you said uh, tungsten third gen. Yeah. Shut up. um, I believe the tungsten part is correct. I don't have verification either way, so I'm going to give you that one. No problem. All right. The three refers to the fact that these lights were very bright for the Mm -hmm. day, and in in their design, they didn't want to blind oncoming cars. So mm-hmm. the lens actually pitches downward three degrees and to the right three degrees. Get out of here! And that's the T three. So I'll be darned. I give you I'll half. I'll be darned. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'll take half. I'll take half of that. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'm damn glad to have half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! See that that half. That's how you get to the top of that. Uh, it's popular. It's how you become high ranking. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. one, one half at a time. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, uh, this was another fun show, and uh, mm-hmm. we've been pounding it into people's heads. So subscribe to us on iTunes. Check it out. Help us get. Help us get higher on the list. Help us kick and click and clack's butt. That's right. Gunning, gunning <laughs> for Corolla. And uh, you can also listen on the uh, TuneIn Radio app, which is cool. Um, I've recently ventured further into the smart TV realm and got an Amazon Fire Stick. Nice. Awesome. That is an awesome mm-hmm. device. It so, is. I have the Fire TV. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's cool. You got the TuneIn app on that. So you can look at all that stuff. Yeah, and the, the Fire Stick is neat because you don't need a smart TV. You just need a TV with an HDMI port. Plug it in. Now you got a smart TV, and it's cheap. And uh, when you, you download that TuneIn radio app and you can see our show, the whole screen fills up with V8 radio episodes. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a stunning display of mediocrity. Oh, oh it's, ex- it's beautiful. It's indescribably beautiful. Yeah, don't cry. <laughs> and then there's also the Stitcher radio app that you can uh, uh, get the podcast on. Of course, if you go to V8 radio.com well then that's where you can see the pictures we're talking about uh, in Mike's collection of high VW magazines 
As always, thanks for listening, and uh, I guess keep it under 100, and we'll see you next time on V8 Radio.